man, that last one, well, not the last song, the one before that about being in his arms, man. It's like, thanks, Ernie, for making me cry before I come up here. <laughs> Which is not always a hard thing, right? You guys probably think, man, you are the, cr- the most crying guy I know. You know, you cry about everything. And it's like, well, yeah, kind of. But it was uh, just amazing, amazing, man, just to, to know that we are in his arms, no matter what, you know. Again, I don't know what you're going through, um, but just this past week, man, I, uh, I was able to just kind of get away by myself, you know, and uh, not knowing exactly what God had for me, you know, I thought, man, he's just going to break me. He's going to do all those things, and honestly, what I felt was I was in his arms, and we started singing that song. I've never heard that song, man, and I'm just going, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you just love me. You don't love me because I'm a pastor. You don't love me because I'm a husband or a this. You love me because I'm one of your kids. It's like, ah. Oh. So, there I am crying. Right? Um, but honestly, guys, I, I'm just so proud of Gabe, man. Um, coming up here. You guys are scary looking. I mean, some of us hams, it's like, well, whatever. But for a man like this to get up and tell you guys, hey, man, God changed my life, man. Amen, right? And, and so I, I, I remember the time <laughs> being up there with this man and just watching how God did something. And I encourage all you men, you want to be a man, come up with us. And you get broken and you get ministered to. Be a man. And uh, again, man, for this guy to get up here the way he did is just remarkable. So I'm just blessed. But this morning, this morning I want to veer off our series of Christ Revealed. And from the book of Revelation, I know we're almost done. We're in the last chapter. You guys are going, you're not going to do Revelation? It's like, no, not right now. There's other stuff that we need to do. Um, we will get done with Revelation eventually. we got two more, I think, two more studies and then we're donezo, okay? So, be praying for us. And Because what I want to do this morning is just kind of give you an update. An update on the vision of 2016 before we head on to 2017. Um, and what the Lord has, had laid on our hearts for this past year. If you remember back in January when I shared the envision with you of what I believe the Lord was laying on our heart. I also shared with you how important Proverbs 29.18 is to me. And not just as a pastor, but it's been to me as a Christian, as an individual. Proverbs 29.18. And it should be for all of us as Christians, as, as individuals. But that, that scripture should be, be important to us as a church or to any church that serves the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we know from John 15 that without Him we can do nothing. Nothing. And so I want to read to you Proverbs 29, 18 in several different versions to get a fuller 
complete picture of Proverbs 29:18. As I did in the beginning of the year, I want to reiterate this verse to you in all these different versions. The New King James is what I teach out of. And it says this, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. The NIV is very, very similar. It says, Bless, or those, uh, the, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. The New Living Translation says, when the people do not accept divine judge, uh, divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. The King James Version, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. The Amplified puts it this way. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and envied is he. Now, I like all these versions, man. Don't get me wrong. I love them. But the King James is the one that really stands out to me because... When, when, when I first got saved, man, I got myself a, new, a, a King James version of the Bible. And so when I got saved, I'm learning King James. I hardly even know how to read, but I'm reading King James. And, and, and I learned this verse out of the King James. And whenever I quote this verse, it is out of the King James. For there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And so, I believe that, that we should always be praying for vision. Not just as a church, but as individuals. I believe that we should be praying for a fresh revelation, a fresh vision from God. Not just regularly, you know, for our lives. It's like, today, Lord, what do you want to reveal to me today? But throughout our, 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 our years as we walk with the Lord, Lord, what is my vision? What do you want from me as individuals? That we should be wanting that, a, a fresh revelation, a fresh vision from the Lord. Not that there is anything new under the sun because we know that. We know that God has revealed everything to us through His Word. And whatever revelation, whatever vision the Lord gives us, it ought to be in sync, and in line with the Word of God. He's not going to give you some crazy revelation that is not conforming to the Word of God. There's nothing new under the sun. But again, if you're not even having a vision of what God expects from you, desires from you, even just to stay on course, however it is, whatever the vision is, like, Lord, that's what I want. If that's what your word tells me, that's what I want. We should be desiring that. And we should be in his word to learn what the vision is. Because the word of God is living and it is active. And it is so powerful that it will give you direction. It will give you freshness in your life if you read it. If we are led by it, and guided by it, 
as we acknowledge him in all our ways, he will direct our path. He truly will. He is so faithful in doing that. Because it is through his word that he gives us understanding. It is through his word that he enlightens our eyes to know what is the hope of his calling. It is his word that gives us all those things. And so it is important that we stay in his word for direction and for guidance and for vision. When I became the pastor of this church almost five years ago, I began to pray for vision. But I've always prayed for vision for me personally. It, it, it seemed like it was on a yearly thing that, you know, and it was always around this time. And this is why we're bringing all this to, to fruition. It, it's like, okay, Lord, the next year's coming. Next year's coming. If you give me the opportunity to live next year, what do you want from me? How do you want me to, to walk and to live? And, and, and knowing what the word says, but what specific thing is it in my life that you need from me? Whenever I was involved in, in ministries, whatever ministry it was, I always prayed for vision for the ministry that I was involved with. But it always would fall in line with the vision of my pastor in the church here. It had to fall in, li in line with that in that sense for the, the ministry to work concurrently with the rest of the church. And so as I prayed, the Lord was faithful. When I first took over, the Lord was faithful, you know, to show me vision for the church. But it had to be real for me first, even the vision for the church. I had to desire to live that before I could share it with any of you. And I remember God just being so faithful to me. And I could take you to the, the place I was sitting at this conference <laughs> to tell you that's where he kind of ministered to my heart. Never heard an audible voice or anything like that, you know. But I, I was just crying out, Lord, help. <laughs> you need to show up in my life. And I remember that he shared with me just the simple vision of upreach, inreach, outreach. And, that, you know, you, at first you're kind of like, oh, it sounds so simple. It's like, but it is. God is simple in that way. He doesn't make it difficult. I'm, I, I'm a very simple guy. He had to bring it down to my level to where I could totally understand it and say that's the direction I think God wants us to go. That as a church, that is our main church. It's in your bulletin, in the front of the bulletin somewhere, that that is our vision. And it will continue to be our vision overall until the Lord shows us something different, if ever. But if we as a people that attend this place, if you call this place your home, if we would take even that vision personally, it, it should sound something like this. With, with upreach, I need you. I need you, Lord. With inreach, it should, be, it should be we need you. And for outreach, it should be they need you. And so again, just as another us personally that as you sit there and as you're going yes you know i need to have this upreach i need to have this inreach but i need to have an outreach heart as well we should be desiring that 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 vision would be in us because we really have no 
um, no need outreaching if we're not upreaching and inreaching first. Being solid. The, the, this, this whole deal should be so embedded in our hearts as far as upreach and inreach. It should be embedded, embedded in our hearts. It should be part of our DNA as, as individuals that we would desire more of Him always, desiring to come together and strengthen one another before we ever go out and start telling other people. So that when we do go outside these walls, we're ready to go. Now, I want to remind you of the scriptures that go along with this, name, this main vision. In, in Upreach, the scripture is 1 Corinthians 1.9. 1 Corinthians 1.9, where it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. It is so vital that we understand. And again, you can look, you look them up or you can write these things down so you can go back to them. It is so vital that, that first and foremost, we have been called to fellowship with God, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That should be something, guys, that we should desire day in, day out, moment by moment, that we would desire to fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Up or it, Outreach or in reach in reach should be it's it's ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 when we talk about in reach it's just paul said i therefore the prisoner of the lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness with long suffering bearing with one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace that we would desire to grow closer to one another and strengthen one another, that we might be knitted together as the body of Christ so that we can stand firm and stand strong. That when the trials come in our lives, we can come to one another and be there for one another and lift one another up. And the last portion of that is outreach. And it's Acts 1.8. He says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That we would have that desire as we have gotten stronger with the Lord, stronger with one another, that we would be ready to go. That we would be ready to be a witness for Jesus wherever we go. However many people are in this room right now, man, we all go in those many di directions. <laughs> Pastor Z can't go in all those directions. Believe you, I try. And then I almost have breakdowns. Okay, I do have breakdowns. <laughs> it's like I can't do it all. But you, you can. So from that time to the present, God has been faithful to move in us or move, move us forward. Under the banner of upreach, inreach, and outreach, God has added to that vision year after year, it seems like, with full steam ahead, with going deeper, with staying the course, and this year, go therefore. Again, it just seems, you know, as, as I'm praying about this, going, Lord, what else is there? What else is there to do? To go. 
You've called us to stay the course. You've called us to go deeper. You've called us to go full steam ahead. What else is there? And I believe there's way more that God wants from us. That, that goal, therefore, is taken from Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things and that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, as I shared with you... The, that in January, all of a sudden, man, I, I just felt like the Lord had been stirring us. Some of you guys have shared with me some of the stuff that God's doing in your life. It's amazing. But something happened about four months ago, around June. The Lord began to stir within me that this vision that He had given to me was bigger than what I had shared even with the church. Because I was sharing how, you know, it's like, okay, go therefore, make disciples, go, go do all these things, you know. And, 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 and all of a sudden, about four months ago, I, I just sensed that it was more than I even had imagined in our lives. And so I started telling our board, I started telling our staff, I started telling our leaderships as, as we're kind of getting together in leadership meetings and stuff, I'm going, guys, what the Lord shared with me as far as the vision is, is bigger than I even thought. And I think they're going like, what is it? And I'm going, I don't know. Except that it's bigger than us here and what God wants to do in each and every one of our people. To go, therefore, and make disciples. To get out of our comfort zones. I, this is what I was telling our people as I'm telling them. It's, it's bigger. And they're going, what is that? I go, I don't know, but it's going to get crazy up in here. It's just going to get crazier. Now, while I had been praying that, going, okay, God, if it's going to get crazier, if it is going to be bigger than I could ever imagine, then you need to just blow me away, Lord. Blow me away and show me, Lord, which direction, what you're doing, because right now, all of us, the pastors on staff, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Gary, myself, we're just, we're just going hard, however we can do that. And so blow me away, Lord. And then something supernatural happened. In my estimation, it was supernatural. God blew me away one day. He provided what would be needed to bring others on to staff because we were already kind of going crazy going we need more help of what we're doing and so all of a sudden he just blows me away and i stood in awe as as, as i felt like the lord told me okay there it is you're you were saying we need more we need more finances to bring somebody on and he just blows us away and i just felt like he just said now what do something do something I've provided for you. Don't be scared. I'm going, well, I don't want to be scared, Lord, but I didn't think it would come like that. <laughs> I thought it would be like gradual showing me. It's like, okay, we're seeing God move. Yes, yes, we're, we're seeing how God is moving, and all of a sudden, bam, and he's going, do it. Because you won't be able to do what I'm already asking of you guys. 
because there was much more. And guys, I could guarantee you, man, it was so mind-blowing in the sense that I'm going, okay, we need to, sp- we need to pray. Be- be- because what, we- what God was preparing us was beyond what our staff could ever do. We, we-, we just couldn't have handled it. And so all of a sudden, we're praying. It's like, okay, we got to pray for Jacob. We got to pray for somebody to fill that front office uh, for a receptionist because we, 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 I can't have my assistant pastor sitting there, my other secretary, my, my administrative secretary and all that stuff. She's busy doing it. And, and so it's like, Lord, we, we, we need all these things. And so it was going to be bigger. And so because of your tithes and, and your offerings, it allows us as a staff to reach this community, which, which again, we're, we're looking at each other going, I can't believe what God's doing. The doors have been opening so much that we're getting calls from, from the schools. We're getting calls from community members and community leaders going, what else can you guys do? And we're going, okay, you go that way, you go that way, you go that way. See, but it's bigger than just the staff here, it's you. It's you. You are the one that, that is making a lot of this possible, not just because we brought somebody else on, not just because of that, because all of a sudden God is, is stretching you. God is telling you. God is laying it on your heart. You go. You go and make disciples of others, and you go, but those guys are getting paid for that. If I just bring them to church, those cats can take care of that because they're pastors and God's going no I don't need them I need you they don't know that person you know that person and God is is moving within the people in this in this congregation and God has put you in situations where where you're either going to speak up for him or you're going to back down and then you back down you're going oh it was an open door and I didn't do it and God's going I'll give you another shot and you're going, <laughs> right? See, even if you don't even say a word sometimes, God has put you in places where, where people know that person's a Christian and things happen in your life and they're tripping on you because you're not freaking out. And they're going, there's something different about that person. And I know many of you because you've shared it with me. That you're sitting there and somebody looks around and it's like, hey, can you just pray for me? And you're going, wow, that's not a big deal. It's a huge deal, people. Because you are the light. You are the salt. Wherever God has put you, you're the light and you're the salt. And He has called you to go there for Him. He has called you. And many of you have been stretched a little further. Because you're going, that's never happened. They knew I was Christian and they just kind of left me alone. But now time's are hitting them and now they're coming up to me and now they're asking me you see i cannot go reach where you can go reach oh god's god's called us to go reach this community and and believe it or not man it is like we're going in different directions every one of the pastors here i think pastor gary we're the one who's like you stay home and you hold us back sometimes sometimes because gary, gary's the, the one who's like hey slow down it's like but i gotta go and he is the voice of reason oftentimes to tell us, hey, take a break. I'll go do that one. Or I'll go take care of this. 
And so again, all of us are going in so many different directions. And it has just been amazing. But when I'm hearing from you that God is calling you to go and reach the people around you and even to take you out of some of those comfort zones to the fact that, that, that yeah, now you've taken that vision to go there for to go take ground, if you will, for the kingdom of heaven. God has opened doors for you. Many of you are stepping up and stepping out of those comfort zones, just like Gabe did this morning. <laughs> stepping out and going, and you're going, yeah, but he was speaking to the church. It doesn't matter. God stepped him. God has, God, God has brought him out of his little comfort zone, even just to share and to encourage one man, one, one group of people to say, you know what, if he can do it, I can do it. Because I could guarantee you this isn't the, the end of all of that. God has called some of you guys to step out of your comfort zone to not just serve in this body, in places where you thought you would never be serving, and you're reaching people, even if you're ushering. You're going, I'm just handing out bulletins. Yeah, but man, you're the first person that somebody saw with a smiling face and welcomed them. You're, you're, you're helping out with whatever's going on in the back back there with the youth or with the kids, and you're making an impact in our young kids or in our community. Again, guys, there's so much that, I, that, that, that people are watching you. So much so that they're seeing a transformation taking place in your life. And I get the privilege of watching that, of hearing that. <laughs> it's so funny because right, right before church started one of our sisters says hey where i work they're asking me to start a bible study <laughs> and i'm going yes that's what we're talking about that's what we're talking about that somebody would go hey um you know the bible and you're going oh, i don't know it all that well you know it better than i do teach me right and that kind of put the little fear it's like why you should already be knowing it right and it's like, but I don't know it like you know it. It's like, well, I don't know it like Mark knows it. <laughs> I could do the same thing. Well, I don't know what I'm doing up here. There's a lot more smarter and more intelligent people than, than I that sit here and can teach. But God has called me to be the mouthpiece right now. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> I might not be, like, shy of you guys anymore. I've gotten used to your faces. <laughs> But I still know some of the guys that sit out there, they're, they're, they're like, hmm, why would you say that? It's like, oh, because I'm an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> but here's the deal, guys. This is what the Lord laid on my heart this week. It's, it's in John chapter, chapter 20, the Gospel of John chapter 20. These two simple verses, man, that the Lord had just laid on my heart to just encourage you with as we... Again, as I was praying, it's like, Lord, do I just go right back to Revelation? Or are you doing something within me that I need to share with the rest of my peeps, man? I need to, to encourage them and update them and just say, hey, guys, we're going in the right direction, but hang on. Because there's more. In John chapter 20, beginning of verse 21, it says, So Jesus said to them, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus was sent by the Father 
to fulfill a mission. And that was to come and die for the sin of the world. To bring back man into a right relationship with God the Father. And the only way that that could do happen was to send His one and only Son to be the perfect Lamb. To be the one that had that perfect blood that could not just cover our sins, but wash them away. And so His main purpose was to come and die for the sin of the world. And so Jesus came and He did what He was told to do. He filled, fulfilled the mission that God had sent Him on. Because God sends people. And He sent His Son on this mission because He knew that His Son and His blood would be the only one that would suffice. That would be the propitiation for our sins. That could pay the price that would be adequate so that we can have a right relationship with him. And so Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, <laughs> he goes on, so I also, I also send you. We know from Matthew, we know that Jesus came from heaven to earth, not only to fulfill the mission, but he came with the authority of the Father. Because Jesus says this in Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And throughout the Gospels, whenever we're reading through the Gospels, we see that Jesus had the authority to teach, He had the authority to heal, and He had, had the authority to forgive. But He also had the authority to give his authority to others. Those who would follow after him. He gave them authority to preach, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and even raise people from the dead. And we see that through the scriptures. So in what we just read in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus says to the 11 that were with him that day, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And he says this to them right before he gives them the great commission. The great order or the great charge, if you will, to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He says, all authority has been given to me right before he says, now go. Now go for it. And I want to encourage you this morning with what Jesus also told his disciples right after his resurrection knowing that his mission had been fulfilled, where he says to them, I also send you. As the Father has sent me, and he knew that he'd only be around a few, a 40 more days or so. He knew that. He says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And so I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, this morning, that as the Father has sent Jesus to fulfill a mission, 
And as Jesus told his disciples that he was now sending them to continue on that mission and to fulfill that mission of drawing others to come in, that we would continue today that mission. As long as you have breath, <laughs> that you will continue this mission until God calls you home. You see, throughout the gospel of Matthew, we see that Jesus, he was having compassion on the multitudes. And even though Jesus did a lot of that work when he had compassion, when we read about him having compassion and he does something crazy or something out of the ordinary or a miracle because he had compassion on the people. Even though he did the initial work in that, oftentimes he told his disciples, you go. You go and do the work for me. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I have compassion on them because they've been with me for so long and they are so hungry and I don't want them to leave. So go and find out what we can do. He already knew what he would do. And they're going, well, we just have these breads and these fish. They're so little. Say, I can work with that. I can work with a little. And he makes all this bread and all this fish multiply, and he sends his disciples to go and do the work. And after they're all fed and stuff, he says, go, fill up these baskets. <laughs> and they did. So Jesus, doing the initial work, he sends his, his disciples to go and do the stuff that, were, that they were supposed to go do, and they were obedient. You know, I, I, I think about this, and I'm thinking, you know, Jesus really doesn't need us to go do those. He could have called down angels to come and do it, and they probably would have done a better job. But he doesn't do that. He uses people like you and I. <laughs> That's the crazy part of it. Because I know me, and I know a lot of you. <laughs> Right? And yet God says, I want to use you. See, I think God wants to use broken vessels like us because there's so many broken people out there that we can identify with. That they will hear you. They will hear you. They might not come and hear some preacher guy, but they'll hear you. And it's not like you have to bring them here, but they'll hear you. You know, my heart for this year has not been, hey, bring people here. I, my heart is, let's just go take ground for the kingdom, whether they ever come here or not. That people will know Jesus, not Calvary Chapel. That people will know how, how Jesus loves them. And you know what? You've done your job. That people will come to know Jesus because of you, because of us. Because we're going out there. See, Jesus never sent them out in their own authority. They were to go out in his authority. With all the authority that had been given to Jesus from he in heaven and on earth. And I love that because we were not to be manufacturers of the gospel. We were just to be distributors of the gospel. That's it. We don't have to make this up. <laughs> already been written out for us and all we have to do is just be distributors not manufacturers of it when, when he gave them this great commission this great charge or, or, or order 
to go there for. It, it, it was with the idea or the notion that as you are going, in, in other words, it was with the perception or the awareness that we were already on our way doing the work that we have been called to do. I think as Christians, it would be safe to say that we would say or could say, hey, I'm already on my way to heaven. <laughs> God has saved me. I am on my way. I'm just passing through this earth. This world is not my home. I have a home in glory that outshines the sun. So as we're doing that and we're singing that song, I, I don't even know how it goes now, right now, but it's the song, you know. I, I'm not going to try as we're going on our way to glory, make disciples of all the nations. As you're on your way. In other words, invite others to come along to heaven. Stop and talk to others about what Jesus has to offer them because he's changed your life and you know the changes that he has made in your life. Why not share those things? You don't have to be a deep theological kind of thinker. Matter of fact, that I think sometimes that, that complicates the issue sometimes. But to be able to come down to people's level right where they're at because you work with them or you live with them or however the, the, the job is, or wherever you find yourself. As you're going on your way, pick up others to come with you. You see, if if you are or you call yourself a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, clone yourself. Clone yourself and make other disciples that look just like you. And if you're sitting there going, I don't know if I want people to look just like me because my Christian walk isn't all that great. It's like, change it. Change it. Draw closer to him so that you can be able to sell, tell somebody, hey, imitate me like I imitate Christ. It's not hard. Because God knows you're not perfect. So clone yourself and tell people, hey, follow me like I follow Christ. It's not easy. It's not being perfect. You see, God has called us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And so as you're picking up others along the way, as you do that, baptize them. Submerge them and immerse them in what you know of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And as you do that, teach them. Pour into them. Show them by example what to do. What you know what the Word has taught you to do. Just teach them. That simple. I know that that sounds crazy <laughs> to a lot of us. But it's truly easy to go there for and make disciples if you're so in love with him and you're going, I know what he's teaching me. I know what he's doing in me. I just want to live in, around other people. I want to be able to talk to people about who he is because he's that important in my life. But I also know that this great commission to go there for can be pretty frightening. And I bet you anything, it was probably that for the 11 that were with him that day. When right before he ascends, he says, now go, 
therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them the commandments that I've taught you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm sure it was pretty frightening for them. But they went. And they went with the promise that lo, I am with you always, even to the end. In Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 11, the Apostle Paul, even though he wasn't there in the beginning, he met up with Jesus later on in his life. The Apostle Paul discovered this to be true when he he was seeking to establish a church in a very difficult and perverse city by the name of Corinth. But he went in. He obeyed the Great Commission. And Paul came to the city and he began to win people over. Oh, he made a lot of enemies, but he began to win people over to Christ and he baptized them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and he taught them. For a year and a half, he taught them. And when the going got tough in his life, while he was there, Paul had a special visit from Jesus himself in Acts chapter 19. Uh, 18 verses 9 and 10 it says now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by vision do not be afraid but speak and do not keep silent for I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you for I have many people in this city see what God did to him in the midst of a, a hard time God showed up And he encouraged them, hey, I'm with you. Just go, speak. (laughs) It's funny because he got beat up wherever he went, thrown in jail. But that particular time he said, nobody's here to hurt you. He's probably going, I've got all these scars, it's okay. (laughs) But that particular time he said, nobody's going to kill you right now. You see, the 11 were not going in their own authority. They weren't doing this alone and you're not going to do it alone either as you go out. But I love the fact that the 11 were all different. Not all of them were Peter, James, and John. But they all went. They all went in their different directions eventually. And they changed the world, guys. They changed the world. 11 of them took off. We're here today because the 11 disciples were faithful. They took it serious to go and make disciples to go there for and i believe that that's what the lord is calling the church the body of christ to do to go there for again jesus told his disciples right after his resurrection as the father has sent me i also send you and the reality is that jesus is not asking you to go out of your way to make disciples he's really not He's saying, as you are walking with me, as you're doing what I have called you to do, to follow me, then let it be the natural thing to do by word or by deed to make disciples, to bring them along the way. It should become natural to you eventually (laughs) as you're drawing closer to him to speak about him and to walk the way He wants you to walk. We have been called to be separate 
or to separate ourselves from the world, but he has not called us to isolate ourselves from the world. Jesus came for the world. He came to save the world, and he came into the world. He didn't isolate himself from the world. He went right into the midst of the world. You know where? To the secular world. And you're going, secular. It's like, isn't that where we live? This is a safe zone (laughs) for the most part. We get to go out there. That's why I tell tell my pastors here, I'd rather have you out of the office (laughs) because they're not banging at the door to come in. So we're going to go into the secular world. (laughs) That's where we want to be. We want to be a light. I was sharing with you, I think it was last week. If if I lit a a match right here, it's like, look at the light. You're going, there's not much here. It's like, yeah, because there's a lot of light. But let's go into a dark place and strike a match and see what happens. People will go, what's that? What's that? Jesus went right to where the sinners and the tax collectors were. And yet he was separate from them. He ended up making an impact on them. They didn't make an impact on him. See, when God calls us to go in and among the sinners and the tax collectors, we should be an influence to them by word and by deed. They shouldn't have to influence us. Most of you, if not all of you, were already in that world. You already came out of that world. The world has nothing for us. But he's called us to go back and bring others in. He's encouraging us to go. You know, it was the Pharisees that had isolated themselves. They were the ones that were upset that Jesus went into the secular world (laughs) where the sinners and the tax collectors were. They were the ones like, how dare you get into that secular scene in that sense. But Jesus, Jesus says, hey, I came for the sick. I didn't come for the righteous, the so-called righteous. You see, by the sick, he meant the sinner and the tax collector. And Jesus said this to the Pharisees in Matthew 9, 12 and 13. When Jesus heard that, because they were complaining that he was sitting around them, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous but the sinners to repentance I I know that the Lord has called me here to Calvary Chapel of Feeling I, I know that and if he has called you to Calvary Chapel of Feeling for this to be your home church, your home base I believe that we are to be in the forefront of this call to go there for Oh, I know all the other pastors in our community, and if they want to come along, we're ready, man. We've worked with them before, and I love them. But we're going to be in the forefront. I just believe that. I believe that God is calling us in this time in history, like no other time in history, guys, to go and make disciples, to take ground for the kingdom of heaven in our homes, in our jobs, in our recreation in our community, and wherever else he leads us. God's calling us. God's calling us, guys. 
the doors are wide open, as I shared with you earlier, man. We're getting calls from, from these schools, and they're wanting us to be in their committees, and then there's like, I'll, I'll, I'll go be a light. I'll do it. I'll stretch myself. I'll go out of my little comfort zones. You see, I want to preach the gospel wherever I can, not just from behind the pulpit. I love this part. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I'm a ham. I'll admit it. I like talking to you guys. But you know what I love? To be around the sinners and the tax collectors. You guys are former sinners and tax collectors. Somewhat. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I love this part. This is only a small portion of what I get to do in ministry. I love when I get to go out there. And so, again, guys, the, we, the fields are white unto harvest. And we are, ought to be about our Father's business taking ground for the kingdom of heaven. And we have no business upreaching or outreaching unless we are already upreaching and inreaching as individuals and as a church. Now, again, I, I can't see what you go and do when you're out of this place, but man, oh man, I know that God is using you because I'm hearing from many of you what God is beginning to do. And so I am so excited to see and to hear what God is doing and how you're touching people's lives down the hill, up here, wherever you find yourself. You take off on vacation and God opens a door. You go, to your, go visit family and they're all going, oh, you're the Christian one. So guys, be ready, be open. That we would continue to seek his face See, what we're going to do this week, and I'm almost done here. What we're going to do this week is a prayer, a, a week of prayer and fasting for our own personal lives, but for the church. God has been faithful to show us vision, and we want to be faithful in seeking His face to show us a continued vision for what He has for those who call Calvary Chapel their home. I don't know exactly what to expect. I really don't. But what I do expect is that God's going to meet us right here. Now, if you can't make it any nights or any days of the week, whatever, it's fine. Just understand that as a church, we're going to be praying. We're going to be seeking the Lord for guidance. You see, I believe that, that as He has given us vision for 2016, and it's blowing my mind, and many of you, I believe what he has in store for us is, is bigger and greater than what we could ever imagine. And so normally I'm praying by myself, getting my board together, getting my staff together, my leaders. But man, I just want to invite you guys to come and join. To pray during the day. If you have time, stop by. One of us will be here. We will be praying. If not, all of us will be here. But we will be here and we have the privilege to come before the throne room of grace, to worship, to give thanks, to intercede for others, and to petition Him anytime we want. And so we're going to do that this week. On Wednesday and on Thursday, we're inviting you guys to come back uh, in the evening. Um, again, Wednesday night, there's no child care, but bring your teenagers, man. Bring the kids that can handle an hour or two of prayer so they can see mom and dad praying for our community and for vision. We're, we're calling for fasting as well. 
Now, some of you, again, it's like fasting. <laughs> I've heard of it, but what do you do? Now, fasting is, 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 is a time of going without food and water for, for the purpose of seeking the Lord. And it could be done for other reasons as well. I understand that. But we're calling for this fast to seek God for vision as individuals and as a church. Fasting is a way to say no to the flesh in order to truly feed the Spirit with the Word of God. Having God as our focus, that, that we would let Him be our substance, our sustenance as we seek Him. But I want to encourage you, if you've never fasted, to pray how to fast. If you have to modify your fast. I don't want to cheapen it. I know some of you is going, I, I don't know if I could go without food and water. Well, go without food, drink water. You're going, but you're calling for a week of it. It's like, you don't have to do it every day. Fast a meal. I know some of you guys are going, um, I don't know if I could do that. Get creative. I know some of you have already shared with me. I think I will, I will fast social media. That would be harder than food for some of you. <laughs> Some of you will fast other things, and I understand that. Again, do it as unto the Lord. It is a sacrifice, it really is. But we understand that God desires obedience rather than sacrifice. It's not for show or anything like that. It is because we want to seek God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and say, Lord, what do you have for us? This is what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 16 through 18 about fasting moreover when you fast not if but when you fast do not be like the hypocrites with a sad, sad countenance for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting assuredly i say to you they have their re reward but you when you fast anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will, will reward you openly and so again this is the way it's going to look this week we're going to be here at six o'clock in the morning some of you guys again you guys get up and are gone by four o'clock totally understand but just know as you're driving that we will be praying or when you're at work we will be praying. And if you have time to stop by, come, stop by. Let's just pray together. Seek God and see what He does. I, I, I want to encourage you. Again, Wednesday and, and Thursday, I know a lot of you guys don't come Thursday evenings because you've had a long day of work. I totally understand that. Even if you just came in for five minutes and we're here praying, you pray with us and you leave, fine. But again, man, let's just seek the Lord and see what God's going to do with us. I am so excited, guys. I really, really am to see what God's going to do in you and in me personally. And then as, as a church. Now, Daniel, Pastor Daniel didn't share um, announcements, but Friday, we're, we're looking to kind of get together at about 6 o'clock to break our fast. I know not all of you guys are going to fast all, all the days, but, but to break our fast and get together, bring some foods and stuff, and just let's just have a little potluck together, uh, just celebrate a time of, 
a week of prayer and fasting with the, with the meal. So, again, call the church offers during the week to get more info and stuff. And uh, let's just see what God does, guys. God is moving in such a way in this small community. And he's using people like you and I to reach this community, okay? Let's stand as we close in prayer. Father, we just are so grateful for what you're going to do. Lord, we want to seek your face. We want to humble ourselves and just ask, God, that you would use people like us, Lord, for for your kingdom, for your glory. I ask, God, that you would just be with my brothers and sisters, Lord, right now, that you would minister to them, Lord. Father, if, if, if they call this place their home, Jesus, that you would just encourage them to go as you have called us to go. And so, Father, we pray, God, that you would just strengthen us as as a body of believers, as we seek your face, that we would be able to take more ground for the kingdom in any way possible, Lord, to draw people closer to you, Lord. That's what you've called us to do. And so, Lord, we're in awe of who you are. And we love you, Lord. I thank you, Lord God. If there's anyone who's here, Lord, who's come to visit or doesn't know you, Lord God, I pray that God somehow you would minister to them, that you would just draw them to you, Lord, even through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.